welcome to Conveyancing Matters with Lorraine and Stu. Join us for a chat about all things property. So hi Lorraine, we've, uh, we've just been talking about prop tech and uh, all of a sudden we started to uh, reminisce about the old days. So the old yeah, days were longer, longer for some, but um, yeah, we've just been talking about some of the things that we used to do and uh, we thought maybe we should record it because I don't think some people will believe us, do you? No, 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 absolutely not. All the young people... Can I just say to you, I've only just noticed you've put your um, lovely branded top on, but there is a bit of a there is a bit of a vampire vibe about the neck, mate. I oh, know it's You've a bit big this neck, isn't it? I oh, know it's yeah, cold. It is a bit. You need oh, to put it in a bit. Yeah, sorry. That's better. You, there's a bit less vampire Dracula vibe going on okay. now. Sorry about that. I do apologise. Oh, that's quite all right. <laughs> it looked lovely. Yeah. So how conveyancing used to be um, uh, before uh, email, before the interweb. Uh, and all of those things, we used to rely on uh, paper quite a lot. We've talked about that. As you say, we've talked about prop tech. So come on, Stu, you, you start, because I'm older than you, as we well know. So, um, but, um, so you start, mate. Come on. I, I think my, my, my favourite um, sort of stories, and, and the, 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 the thing I used to like the best, was uh, on completion day, which almost always was a Friday sort of back in the late 90s when I started. Um, I used to sort of, you know, have a look at the files, all files, obviously, um, have a look what money I was expecting in from what bank. So I might have, you know, 100,000 from one bank and 200,000 from another. So add it all up, a little bit of paper. So walk down there, walk into the bank, speak to the bank manager. He said, go into his office and he'd say, hi, Stu, how many completions you got today with us? I'd say, oh, you know, three or four or whatever. Did how much you need? I'd say, oh, 800 and, you know, 70 odd thousand. He'd write a check out. I'd take the check from him. I'd go to the next bank. I'd say, oh, I need a million from you. He'd give me the million pounds. Just simply writing out a check. Barely <laughs> check any, but he wouldn't even like, ask me that many details. I'd be like, oh, yeah, it's on the, it's on the file of Smith. I need, a, you know, yeah. 800 or um, He'd write out checks. I'd stuff them in my grabby pocket, walk across the town centre into our bank pay them in, walk upstairs, back into the office, and, and we used to sort of jump on the, the chaps machine and and, uh, and send out the money. So, yeah, we used to walk into the banks and, and, and collect checks from the bank manager. And speak so, to people. Well, actually, that yeah. reminds me to you a long time ago. Actually, when it was when I was teaching full-time, but I still used to locum, um, I um, was locuming in, uh, in, a, in a Norfolk town in the middle of nowhere, um, and anybody that lives there will, you know, will know where they are because it's just not near anywhere. So um, I turned up on the first morning and uh, it's fair to say the person I covered for wasn't perhaps as diligent as they might have been. And of course, the very first thing you always do on that morning is, is find out what completions you've got. And I opened the diary, nothing. I thought, great. Uh, anyway, about mid-morning, I got a phone call from a lady on the other side. Very, very nice. And she said, uh, uh, oh, about this completion we've got. I thought, oh, I said, oh, when is it? She said, today. Uh, and, and we were acting, we were purchasing. And I was acting for a Norfolk turf farmer who was buying land for development. So it was really important to him because he stood to make quite a lot of money from the sales off. So the purchase for him was really important. Uh, and of course, nothing in the diary, absolutely nothing. No money in, nothing. And it was a purchase. And uh, <laughs> I said, oh, leave it with me. I'll ring you back. Anyway, of course, looked at the file, got no money, nothing. 
So I rang her back. I said, oh, look, I'm really sorry, but I don't think we're going to be able to do it today. I think you're going to have to serve me a notice to complete. And, you know, I'll, I'll sort it out in the next few days for you. She said, oh, Lorraine, I'm really sorry. She said, we served the notice to complete 10 days ago. Uh, and if you don't complete today, my clients have instructed me that they're going to rescind the contract. <laughs> so, oh, God. So I phoned this Norfolk turf farmer and I said to him, um, well, we've got this purchase. It's completing today. I need, I don't know, about 700 grand or something um, sort of today. Um, can you sort it out? Because, of course, the morning had slipped away by then. And, of course, for the young people watching, Stu, they won't remember that, you know, we used to have to get, a, you know, banking sorted by about 2 p.m. in those days. So anyway, miraculously, he went into Barclays in this town in the middle of nowhere and, uh, and miraculously, about 20 minutes later, with no mortgage offer, no signature of a legal charge, nothing, just miraculously, 700 grand appeared from Barclays into the client's bank, into our client's account. And we, of course, were able to complete. But I did say to him subsequently, I said, look, how on earth did you manage to go into Barclays in the middle of nowhere and get 700 grand, like, there and then, um, with no documentation? And he turned around and he said, well, Lorraine, he said, I got to be honest. He said, I, I don't think I'd have got it if my bank manager had actually been there. So <laughs> I, don't know what, I don't know what on earth he said. But then a few days later, he came in and he was so pleased that this purchase completed. Uh, and his big fat hands, he'd got all these bottles of champagne kind of clinking. Um, and he came in. And it was, there was a real sort of Bernard Matthews vibe about it because he was so pleased about this completion. And frankly, of course, I'd done absolutely nothing. Um, and he came in and his legendary line, because I hadn't obviously met him at that point, and he put all this champagne on the table and he said, I'd just like to say you're as beautiful in the flesh as you are on the phone. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that was kind of one of mine, just this kind of... Um, just getting money out of nowhere from a from a provincial bank a high street bank was just mm. you'd never do it now did you have clients Stu, that would just like um you know turn up with a big bunch of cash we'd have that, clients that would just turn up with 10 grand in a tesco bag and we just pay that wouldn't be unusual that wouldn't be unusual for people to turn up massive amounts of cash um we would take that and and you know to, to some of the the younger guys out there could you ever imagine this well that we didn't use the ever check anybody's id um money laundering we didn't even know that was back in those days you know we didn't check any source of funds nothing like that was of any concern you know we used to see most clients if not all the clients in the flesh um we might hold a photocopy of their passport at best um so uh yeah it's an incredible sort of change over the last 20 odd years um, i'm not sure that there was more money laundering and fraud going on then than there is now I think is probably the truth of the matter. I think the reality is we just knew our clients. Oh, um, definitely. I mean, when we talk about things, you know, now like profiling your client, um, you know, you, you didn't act for anywhere near as many clients back then. And they would probably pop into the office, not just once, but on two or three occasions. Every time a document needed, um, you know, to be, to be signed, they would come in the office and sign it. So they might sign the contract, a transfer, a mortgage deed. There could be three separate visits to the office. But we, you know, we barely recorded any advice we gave them. It was all verbal. Yeah. Um, it's an incredible age when you think, you know, incredible era when you look back. Did, um, 
Now, come on, Stu, for, for people watching now who are, are going to be shocked by this, but did you have clients that, for example, made appointments to come Would in? Would you believe it? They made appointments, and sometimes they made appointments in advance. They didn't no, actually yes. want to see, no, honestly, sometimes they would make an appointment say, on a Monday to see you the next week. It was incredible. Um, yeah, you know, it, yeah, it really was. They made appointments to come into the office. They would, I mean, you've got to bear in mind, there's no, I don't think it was even like Google, there was no search engines or anything like that. So what you told them was gospel. Um, and, you know, they, they did treat the, the lawyer with, with potentially more respect than, than, than maybe you get now. But it, yeah, it was an incredible, um, when I look back now to think how much things have changed, not just the process, but, you know, the, we must do now double the amount of work per file, at least, um, in, compared and to interestingly, And interestingly, probably a, a double the amount of work for significantly less profit. Oh, I would massively, say. massively I would so. Say. Massively so. And not just only was there, there less work per file, but, you know, you had more time to do it. You, you weren't as responsive. Um, there weren't emails. Uh, I, I do remember um, I trialled a BlackBerry um, for the law firm that I was previously, and they said, oh, this might be, you know, something that might cotton on. And I was thinking, emails on your phone? Are you serious? <laughs> emails on your phone for? It's ridiculous. <laughs> as if that'll ever take off. Um, well, I used to work. <laughs> It was like a mate of mine actually years ago who, uh, when Madonna's Like a Virgin first came out, he said, oh God, he said, she's crap. She'll never go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> similar prediction really, Stu, I would venture to suggest. Very, yeah, very similar. But my, sort uh... of, um, my arrangements for, for the completion day, and again, people watching this, particularly lovely young people, they just will think this is just bizarre because clearly um the only means of communication you'd have with your client would obviously be by their phone by their landline um which was usually cut off on the morning of completion so i would always have this arrangement with my clients and i would say to them look if i haven't phoned you by 11 a.m on the morning of completion with an update or whatever please check that your phone if your phone's been switched off go to your neighbor's house and ring me because otherwise i can't get hold of you to tell you that completion has happened. Yeah. We, we used to have people used to come into the office and they'd wait in reception purely for you to tell them, yet yeah, the money's gone through because they didn't have access to a phone. Yeah. Um, yeah you know, absolutely. I can remember ringing phone boxes and things like that and all yeah. sorts of weird things. But um, yeah, there was, you know, you've got to bear in mind, you had no ID, you had no money laundering, no emails, no texts, you know, no texts, obviously no WhatsApps, no internet. Um, you know, your day was spent literally either on the phone or looking at, at paper. And even then, the paper, it isn't as we know it now, it's about twice as thick, thick cotton paper. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Real proper engrossment. Well, That's again, it. something that uh, people won't believe when you say paper stew is that to get, well, they used to be called office copies. Now, if anybody in your firm is still using the phrase office copies, they are out of date now. We haven't used the phrase office copy since 2003. Take it from mummy. But um, to get a set of office copies as they were, a copy of the register, we would have to, and the same as getting a 94A search, which of course was the, pre, the forerunner to our OS1, and our 94B was our OS2, um, we would have to now wait for it, wait for it children, um, fill in a form, type up a form. Hi. By hand? Yes. How? I used to so handwrite them. 
no, no, no. I do. I, well, I would have other people that would do it. Sometimes <laughs> right. I'd handwrite them. Um, then you'd requisition a check from accounts, wouldn't you? Then you would get it, uh, obviously, then you would send it off in the envelope with the window, because that's where the land registry's address was, with the check stapled to the form. You would send it in the post or in the DX uh, to the land registry, who would then produce your, you know, run off a photocopy of your register of title, or, uh, or you know, would run your um, 94A search and search result, and then they would put it back in an envelope and send it back to you. And that whole process to get a set of official copies, as we now know them, of course, or an OS1 search result could take a week or more. Yeah. If you think about it, it could easily take a week, couldn't it? Yeah, and, and that's why. Now yeah, that's why I don't think we, we, you know, back in those days, didn't really have many completions that would be, you know, within within a week. You know, I think, you know, before my time, it was always 28 days in between exchange and completion. But even sort of in the late 90s, it was it was at least two weeks people used yeah. to set in between. So you had a lot more time, um, to, again, send reports on titling, you know, um, they were going by post. Um, you know, everything was postal based. So, you know, totally different um you know, way of carrying out conveyancing. Um, you know, even, Stu, tell us about the seals as well. Yeah, so some people, um, I've heard people talk about the, you know, what the wax seals are on some of the old documents. And, you know, it, we, this, is pr this is prior um, to sort of all the SDLT submissions and, you know, the electronic ways we do it now. We used to literally have the signed TR1. So, if you're acting for a buyer, you'd wait till it comes in by post from the seller's lawyer. Once you've got that, you would then send it to the inland revenue with your, your stamp duty payments. And they would literally stamp it with a wax seal. When you got it back, that's when you then sent it to the land registry. And the wax seal that was on the transfer document indicated that the stamp duty had been paid. That was the way yeah. we used to deal with that, that entity. So. Yeah, and your PD stamp. And if you hadn't got your PD stamp and your stamp duty paid, then um, interest penalties and it wouldn't be accepted by the land registry. I think it was, um, I don't think, I think interesting, I don't think it was any sort of worse way of dealing with things than we do now. It didn't feel as precious. Yeah. No, it didn't um, feel it. We used to go and we used to be able to do personal exchanges because I would always go and do a personal exchange with... Um, usually with my friends because um, I had them, you know, who work in other firms and you'd usually use it as a bit of an excuse. If you did it around lunchtime, you could use it as an excuse to pop to the pub. And my advice to private client lawyers, even today in terms of appointment times, you know, is uh, if you're going to go and see an elderly widow, well, that's my daughter in the background there. Well, you might as well wave now, Gabriella, because we all know you're here. So we're, we're actually having a chat. That everyone is Gabriella. Right, you can go now. Stu and, I, yeah, Stu and I are recording. It's okay. We'll <laughs> chat this one. So, yeah, so bye. 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 Thanks for coming. Bye. Just as well. Be we a future to... guest. Oh, yes, you could, could she? <laughs> dog. She'd bring the dog. Anyway, where was I before I was rudely interrupted? Um, yeah, Thanks. so the best time of day to go and see an elderly widow, and I stand by this advice even today, go at about three in the afternoon because you'll probably get cake. <laughs> yeah, so, good, point. good point. Exchange at lunchtime. And uh, see an elderly widow at three in the afternoon and get cake. Oh, yeah. look, and here's the dog. <laughs> so this really is going to be an informal one. Okay, so here's the puppy dog. 
So here we go, Stu. Ah. This is Echo, and this is Aww. Gabriella. So there we Happy go. Happy Israel. <laughs> Oh, hello. So what, um, so what other, um, how did conveyancing, what are, how did conveyancing used to be? Just so different. I mean, it, I can remember exchanging contracts and most of the time, the, you know, you've got to bear in mind that, again, 20 odd years, more than that ago, a lot of the clients we used to deal with were in the surrounding area, certainly surrounding county. And again, the law firms that used to deal with were predominantly in the same town. So you know, it wouldn't be unusual that all the property lawyers, and I mean virtually all the property lawyers, you know, if you couldn't get a hold of them, you had a good idea where they might be. <laughs> Funnily enough, the pub, um, you know, we talk about hot desking now and pubs and stuff like that. Well, I think you know, back when I was a lot younger, we, I think we were ahead of our time because we used to enjoy the hot skin in the pub uh, and the hubs that we used to set up there, the office hubs, because um, you could have a few pints and um, nip back to the office in the afternoon. I think some of them might have uh, took that a bit too far as well and had one too many. Um, but, uh, well, I used to locum for a guy, and some, t some days, Stu, this is absolutely true, he, um, you know, he's sort of like window of opportunity um would be he would perhaps like roll into the office about i know half past 10 and his long suffering marvelous marvelous secretary who just used to hold the entire department together was just extraordinary bless her she only passed away a couple of years ago and she literally worked for him from the age of 16 to when she retired he, he spent more time in his life with her than he did his wife without any shadow of a doubt but he would rock up about half 10 um He'd be at the Rotary Club or the Con Club. He would be down the Con Club by, I don't know, about half twelve. And he'd just say, oh, Edith, uh, take the calls, Jeff, take the calls. And if he even came back, he would just come back absolutely reeking at about half four. <laughs> uh, if he even came back. But to yeah. be quite honest, and I'm slightly embarrassed to say this, but most of his clients thought he was the best thing since shark repellent. They loved him. They absolutely loved him. Now, he probably wasn't competent, I'm sure. So I'm not advocating it. But um, it was a completely different era. Something, so, else, something else that's totally different as well. Um, you know, you've got to bear in mind, you know, we were barely using computers as well. So as a, um, a Fiona, a case handler, a property lawyer, um, you know, you wouldn't necessarily be typing. You know, everything you did, you'd be speaking into a dictaphone you know, on, on the file of Lorraine, can you please do a letter? Dear Lorraine. Um, and, you know, you'd spell everything <laughs> out. Dim is Richardson. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Dim is Richardson. Are your purchase? <laughs> I'm right further to my letter dated yesterday. Um, you know, it was very much like that, wasn't it? So totally different. You know, you wouldn't be typing. You wouldn't, you know, I'm just trying to... Full stop, new line. Yeah, I said full stop, new paragraph. And I actually, I think, I, I think the first desk I had in, in the first office I had didn't have a computer screen. So um, there was no screen. I've got to say this to you, that does sound like we could immediately go into the four Yorkshiremen. Oh, you had a desk. Oh, a desk. You were lucky. You were lucky. <laughs> I didn't have a desk. I used to have a hall in middle of office. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And the stock 
full stop, new paragraph. <laughs> I do have probably to end this revelatory um, conveyance in chats to uh, where we have been uh, photobombed by the dog and my daughter, for which many of <laughs> Um, but I knew it would happen. Just thankfully, it's this one. Um, my, I am absolutely a product of my era, and I do try very hard to um, not to be. But because I'm of the generation that didn't kind of type, I'm rubbish at typing. So I do still use voice dictation. Um, I don't now have to say, you know, full stop, new paragraph, uh, read the matter of, because I'm dictating for myself and it does just produce me a document. So there's no secretarial intermediate anymore. But I do still have to use my voice dictation just because my typing's so bad, because I never learned how to do it. Well, just to finish this episode of Conveyancing Matters, we, we've, been, we've been thinking about doing a Conveyancing 101, haven't we? Well, yeah. I've got the ultimate 101, uh, the ultimate disaster, the ultimate most annoying thing that could ever happen. And that was when you were dictating, firing away, because bear in mind, there's little cassette tapes. Yeah. Okay? And, and you've been going now, you're in full flow, full throttle. You know, I know where you're going with this. Strutting your stuff, your prowess, and this mega complicated thing, thinking you've mastered the universe to realise <laughs> that the tape has chewed itself up and none of the recordings come out and you've got to do the whole thing again. It was like, oh my God, throw the thing at the wall. Oh dear. Never as good as that time around, which is why, um, oh, my hair's gone funny. Look. Um, <laughs> Which is why we all need um, a, a, a David. I had a brilliant, brilliant operations manager at the place I used to work. It was a fantastic guy called David. And he would just sort everything. And um, I called him once. I said, David, 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 dictaphone's broken, dictaphone's broken. <laughs> and he came up and I gave it to him in a bag. And it was in about 25 bits. And he just very quietly looked in the bag. He said, uh, Lorraine, um, what happened? I said, oh, you know. He said, it wasn't dropped, was it? I said, no. He said, you threw it, didn't you? I said, yes. <laughs> but bless him, by the end of the day, new dictaphone, sorted on the desk in its little bag. And because you, that was still in the days when pinching a bit of stationery was de rigueur, wasn't it? <laughs> if you could get home like with a highlighter and like, you know, uh, a rubber, that was just, um, you'd done it. That was, you, you were you'd sorted. Sorted for the week in terms of office pinnacles. So to actually be able to open the new dictaphone box was just, um, it was like Christmas, really. I can see this, these topics cropping up again, Stu. I can see us, I think, convincing in the old days is has got to be a feature, hasn't it? So yeah, I think that, Just to finish it off and leave everybody with yeah. a thought. <laughs> one, one, la one last thought, though. Did it take any longer? No, absolutely oh. not. No. No. Was it less stressful? Yes. Yes. Was it perhaps generally more enjoyable? Yes. Could you incorporate the pub and reocker into your daily work life? Yes. Yes. Was it more less profitable? Complaints. Less complaints, possibly. Far fewer complaints. Probably none. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you, was it more profitable? Yes. Yes. So why are we doing it the way we're doing it again? Remind me, remind me, remind me what progress. Yeah, maybe we need to visit that prop tech one once more. I think we do, don't we? I think we need to press delete. That needs to be the conveyancing matters equivalent of the of the chewed up tape, doesn't it? Definitely. I don't know. On that thought. On that thought. Bye, bye. Take care. Take care. See you soon. Bye.